0: Welcome, and uh, I just wanna just wanna give God the praise for uh, an awesome presence in His worship today, because that's why we're here. That's the purpose of Sunday, is to glorify Him and 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 just to lift Him up and say, Lord, we we give it all to You, and uh, and then we 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 know that there's definitely uh, God is still doing a work right now in us. Hey, let's jump right into the word. I'm ready to go. Um, So uh, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to use the NIV version today. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell on so good soil where it produced a crop and 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever hears, let them hear. We're going to take that verse and we're going to stick it in the oven and we're going to bring it out a little later all right let us pray father we thank you lord for who you are we thank you for your continuous presence father we know lord that today wouldn't have been possible without you father so we know lord that that even no matter what is going on around us father we just want to take this opportunity to say that you are glorified that without your grace and without your mercy, Father, that nothing can come. So, Lord, let it be about you today and not about us. Let it be about your will and not about my will. So, Lord, I raise your name in high. In Jesus' name, amen. So, how many of you know what life hacks is, what a life hack is? Anybody? No? Good. So those of you that don't know what life hack is, what a life hack is, life hack is defined as a tool or technique that made some aspect of your life easier, right? Sometimes we get into, we we develop some life hacks over the time of our life uh, just to get on by, to get through. So I brought, I I wanted to share a few examples of some of the life hacks that, that we've probably all seen or expected. In time, uh, whoever used a AAA battery and use a gum wrapper uh, to start a fire—yeah, I didn't know that either. That's some that's some Dominican MacGyver stuff right there. So what you do is you you, you take a, 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 a gum wrapper, you put it on a positive and negative vein you start it, and flame on. I never knew that until I saw it. So if you got a battery, by all means, you know I won't say light it up, but you know do what you got to do. You know, to get that fire going. Make sure it's just not strange fire, all right? All right, so uh, the next one is, and I know everybody's done this, I've, I've done it, is a running electric cores from one neighbor to the house to the other. No, no nobody? Really? Uh, y'all some bougie folks right here. Yeah, so so you run from one power to the next, your power got turned off. We can blame it on a hurricane that never happened. So, but you know, we, we say, hey, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know, of course we all know that's hooked up to the TV and a PlayStation and not the fridge like it should be, but we ain't gonna talk about that. So then the next one, and I've seen this so many times, but I've only seen it in Hialeah. It's an AC unit in a car ain't seen it nowhere else outside of Dade, personally. I've only seen this in Dade County, and you see it a lot, actually. It's the craziest thing in the world, but you do what you got to do. It's hot. We've had a hot summer. If you work in your car all day, you need some AC. I know what that's like because I went a good chunk of this summer without AC in my truck, and uh, believe me, rolling them wheels, w- windows and doing 88 miles an hour don't mean nothing when it's 100 degrees outside. It's just, you're just blowing straight hot heat. Uh, so uh, I would have I would have done that if it wouldn't you know Brenda wouldn't let me do that but you know I would have if I could have. So everybody has certain life hacks that they that they've gone throughout their life. I'm going to show you one of mine. This one my mother taught me. Whenever you wear black or something like that, right? You got you know I call them constellations. Those are the little white lymph balls that are like all over your all over your shirt and stuff like that. So my mom taught me this when I was a kid. She said, I'm using this because we didn't have DVDs when I was a kid, they weren't even invented. So uh, what you do is you take some Scotch tape, you put it on there and you do it backwards, right? By the way, Scotch tape is expensive now. Just wanted to let you know that. I know that there was a run on on Scotch tape So what she would do is she would take the scotch tape and wrap it around the book. And so when she gets enough to do what she thinks she has to do, and I've used this, I won't say recent, but recent enough. And so you take your scotch tape, you wrap it around your book, and you get, it takes all the length off the top the top, your sure. So that's what you do when you don't have the little fancy length brush that you can buy in a store that costs like five, six bucks or something like that. You know, because, you know, we, when you ain't got nothing, you're going to do what you got. Amen. So that's what my mom told me. And I actually, I like that. I don't have to do that now. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do that too much. But in case of emergency, you got scotch tape, you can do that. So do you have a favorite life hack? Do you have uh, something that in your life that you simply can't do without? Think about it. Ask yourself, what is yours? And how, how did you stumble across that, that, that thing? How, how did you get into, into that particular uh, uh, circumstance where you had to do this in order to get by? So the name of this of, of our series is called Life Hacks. Uh, many times we use life hacks in tough times when, when things are a little tight and a little rough in our life. Uh, who doesn't go through some issues? We all, we, we all have drama. We all have issues that we go through. Uh, nobody is exempt from that. My message today is titled, Trials, and what it's going to do is today we're going to open up an eight-week series called Life Hacks, and today we're going to lay out uh, the practical steps and help help us through life's tough times. So, some of ch- the uh, so, and, and we're going to focus on the book of James. And uh, he, James lays out a practical steps in the help with, with, with life's tough times. Uh, some of the changes that James talk about uh, starts uh, with um, trying to navigate and understanding and becoming uh, understanding the conditions of your heart. A lot of self-reflection that is involved in that. Before James, Jesus talks about the conditions of the heart with the parable of the sword that we read first. And if you were here for Recharge, Stephanie got into it uh, a little bit about James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, you know, on his mama's side. Like we didn't know that, but you know, just in case somebody wondered about that. So he comes from a long line of leaders. He was was one of the... uh, 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 One of the pillars, the strength leaders in in the Jerusalem church at that time after Christ, after he believed. Uh, But in the book of James, in his letter was a word of patience, perseverance during trials and even temptations. James writes to encourage us to live consistently with what we've learned in Christ. That's the important part. To live consistently in, in, in everything that we say we believe. He encourages and almost be, and almost beg believers to humbly live by godly rather than worldly wisdom. And, and, and what he does is he, he encouraged everyone to, to pray in all situations. That's the important part. Is for us to, to, to take it to the source. And I want you to understand this about James. James does not, he doesn't make any excuses for those who don't measure up. He encourages, but yet he goes for you at the same time. He comes at you. In James chapter James verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 17, he reads, In the same way faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We're going to dissect that a little bit but for James a faith that does not produce real life change understand that a faith that does not produce real life change is a faith of worthlessness that's what we have to understand because we can say we believe in God and we're going to go into that but does that are we operating in that so one of the, mis- the misconceptions that, that even is being taught in the church today is in order to get to heaven, you have to do work. No, the word doesn't say that. A lot of that's misinterpreted for, for certain reasons because uh, certain governing bodies wanted to make that so to get you to do what they want you to do. It was, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, influence. Manipulation. There you go. That's a big word for me. Manipulation. (laughs) But what it actually means is is that if you believe in something, operate in that thing. That's what it means. You can't have faith in something and then turn around and do just the opposite of what you have faith in. So today we're going to look at how to do life through an edible... inevitable, as another big word, how to do life with stuff that you are going to get through. You're going to have trials, you're going to have pressure, and nobody's going to escape that. So we're going to focus on James chapter 1 verses 1 through 12, and that's going to be the, the heart of our message today. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Really? <laughs> what you talking about, James? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If you lack if you if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe. But when you ask, you must believe. That's the action of faith that we were talking about. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Next. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable, in all they do believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position but the rich should take pride in their humiliation humility humiliation yeah since they will pass away like the like a wildflower for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant it blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed In the same way, the rich will be fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who preserves under, who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised those who love him. If you haven't read James, I suggest you go into deep because, well, we're going to go into it anyway for the next uh, uh, eight weeks, but really get involved in there because he brings a lot of things forthcoming. He takes it right to you because he knows. He's seen it. He didn't believe at first, (laughs) but believe me, he believed. And this was the brother of Jesus. So, in this verse, in, the, in these 12 verses, James, uh, he per, he presented two options for us to consider. The first option was to try to live free from pressure and be secure. Try to live free from pressure and be secure. See, you can spend all your time trying to avoid drama and trying to live free from pressure that you're starting to develop pressure from trying to be free from pressure. Does that even make sense? Good cuz I had to say it to myself a few times when I came up. So when you when you look at how the things that we are trying to avoid we become so induced, so 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 indicated uh, um, uh, so uh, immersed, consumed by not trying to be involved in a lot of stuff that we're so stressed out, we're trying to we're trying to be relaxed and everything, but it's just not going to work. One of the things that separates you from World Star is how you handle drama. Don't act like y'all don't know what World Star is. And that's the key. And that transitions into our second point. You can try to live free under pressure and be mature. We're talking about spiritual maturity. I know we taught that, and we and we and we've ministered about that many times. But that's important, especially in our times now. God knows how hard the enemy is trying you every day believe me, he understands. And and we know that as believers, you will be tried by the devil, by the enemy, the evil one. That is automatically a, 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 a factor in your walk as believers. You see, these trials are going to be initiated from two directions when you think about it. You see, we always tend to blame everything on the devil. But Some of these things that we deal with or some of these trials that we go with or some of the injuries that that we have are self-inflicted wounds. Let's be honest. Now, he may take it and run away with it, but we made the first cut. Once we realize that, will understand that we will always face trials. So maturity comes when you call and trust in God. That's that faith with works. It's trusting in him. You have to trust in what God has for you in your life, regardless of what you're going through. So maturity comes is when you call in and trust in God. So we're going to go through three life hacks that can help through in this journey. The first one is learn under pressure. How many of you guys got some stressful jobs? Raise your hand if you got a stressful job. All right. How many of you, if you don't have a stressful job, how many of you are stressed out at school? All right, look at that. <laughs> so there's some people raise a hand for both questions. The one thing I can say from my experience is some of the greatest lessons that I've learned was while I was dealing with things under pressure. I learned what not to do, especially what not to do. And I learned what to do. So being under pressure gives you an opportunity, and what it does is it's, I was sharing with with, uh, Jeff uh, earlier today, and I was like, uh, you know, I don't know if you, my wife and I, Brenda, we we love boxing. We like watch boxing. That's just that's just what we like. And uh, there was an undercard uh, that fought last night in the Triple G fight. And uh, the undercard, the guy, he was a kid. He was like 21 or something like that, right? And the kid only had like three fights professionally, so I'm like. So I'm like, oh man, he's got three fights. The guy he's fighting. He has uh, like 15 wins or some crap like that. I'm like, this dude is going to school this kid. See, that was my perception of that. But when they said this kid had 300 amateur fights before he even went pro, I'm like, this, this dude knows it all. If you've done anything 300 times, you're going to learn what to do and what not to do. And that process, Right. And, and needless to say, the kid lit up the, the, the veteran. But he wasn't really a veteran because this kid had twice as many fights as this guy had in his entire career. So I'm quite sure this kid, he learned his craft under pressure. Mike Tyson will always say, uh, you, everybody has a game plan until they get hit. Right? So until you actually take that first punch or until you actually step out and actually do what God has called you to do, you have a game plan, but then that's where you need to learn and adapt under pressure, right? Because those are, there are those out there that don't want to see you succeed. So they're going to come at you from every which way. But that's why you got, like I always say, you got to bob and weave. You got to get out of it. But then you got to realize who your source is who called you into that walk, who called you into that situation. And then that's where that action produces that faith. Number two, laugh under pressure. My mother, when she gets nervous, she laughs. I've always known that about her. She gets nervous, she laughs. I'm like, man, somebody almost died. What are you doing? But, you know... But she laughs, and I'm just like, man, mom, you know, where did she get it from? And I'm just like, well, that's because she has a a a great joy in knowing who her source is. That even, even under all the other stuff that's going around, she's still able to find joy in her heart. It's not the situations that she's laughing at, it's just the spirit of joy that's in her heart. Because you can't. You can't allow certain situations like that to steal the joy that God has put into you. That's that deposit. Once God gives it to you, you got to hold on to it. Number three, the third life hack that can help in the journey. Look up under pressure. We all know what that means? Think about it. Keep it up. Stay focused on what God has called you to do. And if we're staying focused on what God has called us to do, that means we're staying focused on... There we go. This is class participation. That's why. So we got to stay focused on him. You have to look up and say, Lord, I got some issues here, but (laughs) I got to keep focused on you because if I focus on anything else, well, (laughs) we know what's going to happen. That's going to allow us to lose our focus. But when you put all these three things together learning under pressure, laugh under pressure, look up under pressure. Guess what you got? Peace. You should have peace. Even with all the drama, you should have peace in your heart. When, um, my wife and I, we got into our new house, thank God, finally, uh, it was a year transition process that was extreme pressure, if I can say the least. And it it the process in that leading up to that, uh, up to uh, actually, we're looking at actually a two year process from switching from one residence into another and then into another. So we're looking at about two, two and a half years. And from that particular process, you can see a dramatic change in our spiritual walk, in our health. And we're talking about declining. I'm talking about declining. I'm not talking about elevate. I'm talking about... hmm. And it affected how we walked. It affected how we saw life. Because we knew that we were not supposed to be in this situation. But we also realize that we're in this situation because of a self-inflicted wound. So we had to learn under pressure. We had to do things, change our way of processing our finances, change the way of how we actually see what God gives us. We already knew, but we had to change all of that. And believe me, there were times that we had to laugh at some stupid stuff that came our way. But the one thing we had to do and we did do is that we had to look up to him. And when that happened, I, there was a revelation that came to me. I don't know, some some people say, oh, you know, I hear the voice of God. Is that me? Is that him? But all I can say is, is that during the course of that process, God put in me that, look, I had to make that work so you can get back to work. Yeah. Because when you go through that pressure and process and then you learn, that means that I set this up, I used what you did to benefit me and what I need for you to do. Yeah. So then now you're at a whole different level, so now you have peace. Peace joy is coming back into your heart. Illnesses are going away. And then you're starting to step further and further into calling God because now you realize that you stepped through that process and that process could have only been accomplished by you looking up. That's it. So then who gets the glory? You get the victory, but somebody else was the one that actually did it for you. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23, we're going to take out that first verse that we read in the beginning. It's been sitting in there in the air and oven cooking for a little bit. We're going to take it out and we're about to marinate it, right? We're going to go through a little bit what Jesus was talking about. So in Matthew chapter 13, verse 18, he said, Listen then to what the parable of the sea of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Go back to 18. Thank you. Listen then what this means. When anyone hears the message, you hear the word of God, and you don't understand it, you have to take that to God for direction, and then that's what God would give you revelation. Take it to God for that direction. And believe me, that revelation is going to be so good. Somebody else may have heard it. It could have been done a million times, but when it happens to you and you understand it, that becomes revelation. verse 20 the seed falling on the rock rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at a once rec- and, and at once receive it with joy we've seen that we are oh that's my word girl that's my oh I have my word I'm out of here oh that's it they're happy they're joyous they're running around they're doing hell yes girl I got my word <laughs> 21 but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So when the trials of our beliefs come busting through the door, their faith in the word did not have a strong foundation. And a lot of folks it's because the joy that they received was rooted in their emotions rather than in the Word of God. So they came in expecting something, but because they really didn't have their, their, their foundation rooted in God, it was just joy, it was emotion, it was topical, you know? It's like uh, having a big gaping hole in your wall and stuffing newspaper and just putting some spackle on it. Behind that little piece of paper, newspaper in there, it's still an empty void. You can't put a nail in there. You can't hang nothing from there. You can't do anything from there. It's just emptiness. So what happens? They fall away. Verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth chokes the word, making it unfruitful. Good Lord. You become so focused on that one thing that that thing becomes your God. It could be more than one thing. It could be a person that that becomes your God. So the word is just choked out of you. It wasn't even there. Verse 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. The soil represents your heart. The seed represents the Word of God. How do you receive the Word of God when the Word is sown into your heart? When somebody releases the Word or when somebody speaks the Word, are you focusing on the deliverer or are you focused on the message? If you're focusing on the deliverer, that's thing's choking it away. There's nothing going to grow on that. But if you're focusing on the message, on the actual word, because the word of God is life. So let me ask you this question. How do you respond to life's pressure? Everybody's going through pressure in here. I guarantee it. How do you respond to it? Any of the things that we just talked about, are you actually doing any of those? It's okay if you're not. And you don't have to raise your hand. It's just rhetorical. an inner an inner conversation with yourself. Do you think that the pressures of life can cause growth in your relationship with God and in your walk? Is that possible? Pressure is a part of our, our walk with Christ. I don't know if you guys know this, but there are certain seeds that trees produce that the only way that that seed can sprout, the only way that that, that, that that seed can open up if, if it goes under an extensive amount of pressure It has to have an ex- a great amount of heat. So when you see on the news about those big forest fires out in California and, and Arizona and all those kind of places and stuff like that, that weren't started by, by, by anyone, that's a part of the process, believe it or not. It's actually good. Yes, there's people that get, have houses destroyed and things like that, but that's a part of the natural process because the only way those seeds can 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 the only way those trees can reproduce if the fire comes and cause a great amount of heat to open up and expose the seed that's going to be planted. So even the trees have common sense enough to know that I need to die to self in order to bear fruit. Yeah, yeah. So ask yourself this question: the pressure that I'm going under, how am I going to react to it? There are two directions that someone moves towards when under pressure. We covered those two directions a little bit, but living free from pressure and becoming secure. Right? We want to leave for free from pressure and becoming secure. Let me ask you guys a question. Where in the Bible does it say that God's, that Christ followers, to Christ followers, that God will remove pressure from their lives? Not a single place. It doesn't say it. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, it's just the opposite. The second way we can go is that we can try, trying to live free under pressure and becoming mature. Mature spiritually. By using those three life hacks And of course, some of the other many ones that you can probably think of. Many other ones that you can think of. That you have a great foundation, a great opportunity to withstand or deal with some of these life pressures that you're dealing with right now. What do those two options that we just talked about look like in a practical sense in your particular life? Are you leaning more towards the first one? Are you leaning more towards the second one? That's an important question that you need to ask yourself. How am I leaning? Then that way you know what direction you need to go. So it's important. That is so important that Jesus writes that we should call our worst moments joyful things. Because trials help us trust God more. Good Lord Almighty. We should call our worst moments joyful things. Past few years, I know some of you in here has been through some bad moments. Some moments where you just didn't know what the next direction was going to be. We've all experienced it. I was talking to Pastor Will and, um, and, and we talked last week at the, at the conference and I said, you guys know how when you hear it a lot in church, they say God will never give you more than you can handle, right? I said, I don't necessarily agree with that because if you can handle it, you don't need God. God will give you way more than you can handle so you can trust in him. Because if you can handle it, you won't need him. That then makes you God. So when you understand that, then you understand where your source is and then you understand where you need to look. Trusting God through our trials and, 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 and trials pushes us towards a Christ-like maturity, a spiritual maturity. We want to trust in God more deeply. We want to trust in God with a, with a greater endurance, even through the trials, even through the temptations, even through the hurt and the pain. We still want to try, we still want to go and trust in God. I'm going to close with this. And I need you to accept this for what it is. All the issues that you're going through now is not about you. If you don't like it, you can email me at Pastor Will at newvisionchurch.com. But I guarantee you, and I'm telling you, it's not about you. You are a factor in it. Oh, absolutely. Remember we talked about stuff outside and inside? You are a factor in it. Because that inside is when you need to understand that my at times my greatest enemy. And that's the one thing I realize is that my greatest enemy is the inner me. It's the inner me. Once I control the inner me, I can handle the enemy. But even with that, it's still not about you your process, your pressure, your your trials, the, the tribulation that you're going through, whether it's temptation, no matter what it is, whether it's health issues, it doesn't matter. Every single thing you're going through, whether it's marriage issues, every single thing you're going to, through, if you're following this, it's not about you. This is an opportunity that God gave you. He's using this opportunity. He's using the opportunity to create a platform for you that platform is going to be a representation of his glory because your victory during that process is going to magnify his glory so it's not about you it's about how you handle what you're going through so then when other people see well you know what dad they really didn't get healed but it doesn't matter did you see the faith that they had during the course of that process Did you see how they walked and how no matter what happened, no matter what came against them, they still believe in God, they still praise, they still worship. There's some people in the Bible that did not get healed. Not all blind people were given sight. Not all leopards were healed. But it's the process in their faith that gives you a platform to glorify your God. That's the victory. That's the end result. That is, is what your actions is in your faith. Those are action words. So when you go through that process and you say, oh man, Lord, I got to keep moving. I got to keep going. No matter what happens, I got to keep doing it because my God is sovereign. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is everything. He is my life. He is the beginning and the end. No matter what happens, I know that he is going to see me through whatever he wants me to go through. Not what I want to go through. Because if I wanted to go through something, believe me, it would not be this. This. He said, well, Pastor, well, uh, I'm still feeling this way. Yeah, I'm still fat. But I'm still going through the process. I still know who my God is. I do know that whatever happens, I'm going to glorify him no matter what. I'm not going to allow the outside world dictate how much I love him. That's one thing no one can ever take from you, ever, is your voice is shouting how much you love God. It doesn't matter what happened, what they do to your body. Even if you got to think it, it's still there. They can't take it away from you. So don't let anybody steal your joy. Don't let anybody steal your hope. Don't let any situation steal what God has called you to do. Because none of those things matter as long as you, you look up, you start every action with a prayer. And if you didn't get an answer, guess what? You go back again and start it again with a prayer. You didn't get an answer? You go back again and you started with a prayer. Two years later, I didn't get it. I'm going back again and starting with a prayer. When Jesus went to go pray, right before his crucifixion, he brought two of his homies with him, disciples. They had one instruction. Pray while I go pray. This is God in the flesh saying, pray while I go pray. He went to go pray. He's like, Lord, let this cup pass. I know we got stuff to do, but he was able to see what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. So he just gave it that one more chance. Can, Can this not come through? And he went back to his homies. His homies were sleeping. They were knocked out. That was after an hour. They couldn't even stand up and pray for an hour. But yet he went back and he said, Lord, can we do this? Or do we not have to do it? I'm glad, to be honest with you, that cup wasn't passed from him. Because if it was, that means that we would still be in trouble with our salvation. The end result is not the issue, it's how he went through that pressure that glorifies God. Stand on your feet. Every eye is closed, every head bowed. Some of you right now today are dealing with some great issues. You're going through some significant amount of pressure in your life. And I can tell you that You have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to turn this pressure into victory. If that is you, if you you want God to, if you need more of what God is offering so you can push through your faith, every eye is closed, every head bowed, just raise your hand from where you are. (laughs) I see you. I see you. I see you, I see you. God has called you all to do something much greater than what the pressure that you're going through right now. But he wants you to learn from this process and look towards him so he can be glorified and so that you get the victory. Father, I ask for those with their hands raised right now and those that don't even have their hands raised. Lord, they're all going through, we're all going through some serious stuff right now, Father. But Lord, we know and we understand, Father, that that during this trying times, Lord, that we really should only, we only have one direction, Lord, because the direction that we just came from wasn't that good. Lord, shine the light so they can come closer to you, Father. Lord, step into their hearts, into their spirit right now. Let them leave this place with a greater sense of joy and love and happiness. Let them leave this place with a sense of peace no matter what goes on around in their lives right now, Lord. But most of all, Lord, let them look up to you. Let them come to you. Because, Lord, we know in your presence, in your presence, Lord, in your presence all is glorified all is healed everything that is manifested that you have called it to be automatically right there Lord so Lord we ask for a chronos moment right now Father we ask for a right now a right now change a right now movement so we can have peace Lord so we can move on to the next thing Lord, we ask that you do this thing now so we can do the next thing for you. Thank you, Father. I thank you for what you're doing right now, Lord. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. I thank you for your glory, Lord. Let us not leave.